If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But let it never be said that we never tried. But let's produce. Let's keep pushing for the aim. Let's have goals. Let's have vision. Let's have some priorities as a church. And let's focus on them as a church. Let's make our vision clear. Let's make our vision plain. Let's make the vision focused. And let's have a picture of our future together. Let's not have a hazy vision. Let's not be double-minded in our vision. Let us have a clear picture of what we want as a church. Let's aim for it. Let our programs, let everything that we do, let it aim for the big picture. And if we get some of the picture done or half of the picture done, God be the glory, but let's aim for it. Let us not sit by and let's not be idle. Let us not sit sour and soak, but let us have a spirit of tenacity and let's go forth. And I've learned one thing about church leadership. It is not about how fast we are going. It is about what direction we are going in. It is not about the pace. It's about the direction. M many things won't work. Many things will work. We might mess up in a few things here. We, this might not work. But let's keep our focus. Let's keep the direction. Let's keep going forward. Because I promise you, little by little, making the steps, I promise you we'll eventually get there. It's kind of like weight loss. I've lost 82 pounds, 82 pounds. And then listen, I, I'm not here to brag about my weight loss. I'm not. But this is a principle because I do believe the principle applies to every area of your life. There were times I binged. There was times I just couldn't take it any longer. And I just had to have the ho-ho cake. I just couldn't take it any longer Sister Sandra, I had to have some ice cream. So I'd get in my car at 10.30 before Andy's closed, and I would eat ice cream. And even though I felt guilty over it, there's one thing I learned. I messed up, okay? I shouldn't have ate a whole large. I should have got a small one, but I got a large one. I could have compromised, but I didn't compromise. And then I would eat it and go home and eat some cereal. And then I'd feel really guilty. But there's one thing I've learned. No matter if you mess up, don't give up. That means the next day, I got back on track. I started writing everything down. I was very cautious about what I ate. And so if I messed up, I always got back on track. And that's like everything in life. You're going to mess up. You're going to have failures. You're going to have faults. You're going to feel bad about things. But you can't give up. You got to keep pressing towards it. You know what I did? I was so desperate to get the weight off. I went to a magazine and cut out a picture of the size I wanted to be and put it in my dream book. I have a dream book, and it's a black dream book that I write all my goals down and my dreams. And and in my black book, I would I go to the prayer closet and I take my black book and I would see my dreams and I would say it to myself, I would pray over it, and keep, I have a picture of it, I would look at it, and I keep it in front of me, because even though I messed up, I had a goal in front of me to keep me focused about where I want to go. And that's what I'm talking about with the church. we got to try new things, we got to think outside the box. But we have one aim, and we have one goal. What is our aim? What is our goal? This is our vision. Our vision statement is very clear. This is the big picture. I mean, this is the big picture. I mean, if this is the type of church we could get, this is the type of church we want. 
It is the vision of Christ Point Church to be a biblically rooted, vibrant, multi-generational, ethnically diverse, spirit-filled community of believers who are pursuing God with passion, serving others, developing leaders, pointing our neighbors, neighborhoods, and nations to Jesus Christ. Now, do we have a church like that? Not necessarily. We're not really multi-generate, well, maybe a little bit. We're not ethnically diverse to the point that I'm happy with. But this is the big picture. This is our goal. This is the type of church that I believe that God wants us to have right here in Galena. And so we got to keep our focus on the dream. we got to keep our focus on the priority. If somebody asks you what type of church do you want, you should say we want a biblically rooted church. We want a vibrant church. We want a multi-generational church. We want an ethnically diverse church, a spirit-filled community church, serving one another with passion, developing believers, and reaching beyond the walls to our neighbors, neighborhoods, and nations. Do you want that type of church? Now, we don't, we don't say this every Sunday. We say this one, the mission statement. To develop disciples who love God with all their... Now, let me ask, why do we say that one and really not the vision? Because if we can make a church and develop a church who loves God to the point that we are developing our head, heart, hands, and feet, do you think that it would fulfill the big picture? I'm going to say that again. Do you think that if we can have a church of people where we are developing followers who love God with all their head, heart, hands, and feet, do you think it's going to fulfill the big picture? Yes. So that's why the vision is too long for you to remember all the time. That's why we just say the mission, because if we can develop disciples who love God with all their head, heart, hands, and feet, go back to the vision. We will have a church that's like this. The vision is the big picture. The mission is how we're going to do it. The mission is the how. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to make disciples. Who, what is a disciple? A disciple is a follower of Jesus. Make followers of Jesus who love God with all their head. What do I mean by head? Intellectually. Jesus said you should love the Lord your God with all your head. Sometimes as Pentecostals, we think that we need to check our minds out at the front door. But you need to be a part of a Bible study, a small group, reading the Scriptures, engaging the Scriptures, learning with your mind, your heart. What is your heart? That's where we worship God. We should connect with people with our heart. It's about our brothers and sisters and connecting with God with our heart. That's why I'm asking you to go to a small group because it fulfills the mission of the heart. You're connecting with one another. What about the hands? That represents service. You're not called to come to church to sit sour and soak and to listen to a sermon once a week and go home and forget about the church. You're called to be actively involved in a local church. That is God's plan for you. It's God's plan. You're called to actively serve with your hands. You're called to actively share the gospel with your feet. And if we could do that, I believe that we could fulfill the big picture of what God has for us. Let me tell you something. As a church, there's many things I want us to accomplish, and sometimes I think we should be further along than we are. But I am encouraged 
and I am very encouraged by the Spirit that this is the dream that God has placed in our heart and I am not going to retreat. I'm not going to look back. I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to step back. I'm not going to skip back. I'm going to keep focus on the dream that God has given us because small steps is going to equal big steps and one day we're going to look back and say thank God for the small steps because it's brought us to where we are. John Wesley said, hurrying is of the devil. Sometimes we get in a hurry and we want things right now. Sometimes we got a microwave mentality that God is saying, listen, it's not a microwave mentality. It's a crockpot mentality. You've got to marinate some things. You've got to take the appropriate step. What are you saying, Pastor? This is what I'm saying. Listen to my heart. If there's anything that you've heard this morning, it is this. What is God saying to Christ's point? And this is what I believe in my prayer time. This is what the Holy Spirit is saying to us as a church this morning. And I want you to listen to me. And I want you to look at me. There's all sincerity, everything that's within me, this is what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to us. That He wants us to build a church on purpose. He wants us to be intentional about what we're doing. That we shouldn't just do things because some other church is doing it. But that everything we do should be purposeful. And everything that we should do should have intentionality behind it. That we should be very purposeful about what we're doing. Let's not just have church just to have church, but let's make sure there's a purpose behind everything that we are doing. So let's build a church on purpose. Go back to the vision statement. Do you think the vision statement is very purposeful? It's very clear. It has intentionality behind it. The mission statement is very clear. It's, it's very intentional. So that is why tonight we have a business meeting. Some of you don't like business meetings, but it's, it's, it's essential that we do things like this. And the very one of the things that we're going to do is vote on our bylaws. Now, why are we going to vote on our bylaws? Because we took six to eight months and rewrote our bylaws. Our elders read the bylaws. They approved it and corrected it as well. So our bylaws have went through several committees, and now we're presenting it to you. And the reason that we're doing this is because we are developing a church on purpose. We are getting things in structure. We are putting things in systems. We are putting things in things in systems and structures and strategies so that we could be prepared for the future. That is why we can't have church haphazardly. It's amazing to me. People come to church and say, well, I just want to do this. There is a process that you've got to go through. It's not legalism. It's not, it's not micromanaging things. It's about a process. We're trying to put things in systems and structures and strategies so that we could be a healthy church and I believe that if we can develop a church that's on purpose and have intentionality, we can develop a healthy church. And that's what God wants. He wants a healthy church. He wants us to be a healthy church. Not just a church that's randomly doing things, but a church on purpose with intentionality because it will bring purpose. It will bring intentionality. That will bring health. What does God want? How does God want us to build a church? I believe that God wants us to build a church as a healthy church. And how are we going to do that? We're going to build a healthy church when we do things on purpose and with intentionality according to Scripture. And I hear an amen. 
So we must move forward in 2020. We must press forward. We must make progress. Everything that's within us, we've got to keep that vision in front of us. We've got to keep the dream in front of us. We've got to decide that we are a mission-driven church. We're not an issue-driven church. We're a mission-driven church. We've got to keep the mission in front of us. We've got to keep the vision in front of us. Because in doing so, if we keep the vision and the mission in front of us, we will develop a church on purpose, and we will develop an intentional church that will produce a healthy church. So we're not going to back away. We're not going to back out. For I prophesy today, there's going to be a break loose. There's going to be a break over. There's going to be a break in. There's going to be a breakthrough. There's going to break free. We're going to break forth in Jesus' name. Somebody said amen. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse number 62, Jesus said it like this, and Jesus said to them, no one after putting his hand to the plow looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. We don't have time to look back. We've got to keep forward. There's many people that abort their dreams and vision because they cannot get out of the past. Listen, listen, listen to me. You don't live in the past. The past lives in you. The past lives in you. You don't live in it. It lives in you. You've got to make a decision that if you're going to go forward in God, you can't live in the past. And how does the past live in you? It lives in you because of our continual story that we tell ourselves. Some of us abort our destiny because we tell us, you tell yourself the wrong story. You can't believe everything you think. And everything you think is not correct. Sometimes you've got to tell yourself, sometimes you've got to tell yourself a different story. Kind of like, Crucial Conversations told a story about a, a man that was getting on the airplane with his wife. And so they got on the airplane. They was putting their, their, uh, their luggage on, on the top rack there. And, and so his, the husband was, you know, the aisles are very thin, you know. So he's standing there, but he couldn't help uh, his wife. He couldn't reach, reach it. Well, there was a taller man on the other side, and he said to the sir, Sir, do you think you can help my wife push her luggage on the top rack there, and the man went like that. Instantly, the husband got offended. And the story he told himself was, that man is rude. Can't believe that man would act that way. All I was asking was a question, if he could help my wife. But to come to find out at the end, when they got off the airplane, the man could not hear at all. He was deaf. You see the story he told himself? The story he told himself was the man was rude. But in reality, the man couldn't even hear him. And some of us miss out of the greatest blessings of our life because we tell ourselves the wrong story all the time. We get offended in church. We leave church. We, our marriages is in, in disarray because we're telling us the wrong story. You've got to tell yourself the right story. You've got to get the story and you've got to let this story override the story that you've been telling yourself for years. So why is it that we think going to church once a week is enough? You've been telling yourself the wrong story six days a week. I have 45 minutes to tell you a different story. 
You've been telling yourself the same story for six days. That's why it has to be more than church attendance. You say, well, Pastor, listen, your nature is corrupt. You have the Adamic nature. If it's not crucified under Christ, that nature will roll. And that nature will tell you a different story than the, than the story you need to tell yourself. So the story I've decided to tell myself is this. That we're going to have a church. Put the vision back up there. We're going to have a church that's biblically rooted, vibrant, multi-generational, ethnically diverse, spirit-filled community believers who are pursuing God with passion, serving others, developing leaders, and pointing our neighbors' neighborhoods to Jesus. How many would raise your hand and say, Pastor, I like that story. I said, how many would raise your hand and say, Pastor, I love that story. Tell yourself a different story. So, do you know that over 65% of churches in America have plateaued or declining? 65% in America. They've either plateaued or they're declining. Let us not be a statistic. Churches are closing every year. Let's not, a, let's not be the statistic. Let's be mission-driven. And it's interesting to me that when people get upset and offended so easily, it tells me they're not mission-driven. They're feeling-driven. And if we're going to succeed as a church, we have to become mission-driven. That has to be the forefront. That's the goal that we've got to push for. Jesus said upon this church, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, our, our mission, that's how we are going to do it. How are we going to build this church that Jesus wants us to build? To develop disciples. And what is a disciple? A follower. To develop followers of Jesus who love God with all their head, heart, hands, and feet. If we can do that, the big picture will be accomplished. So, but we also have to have little go- we have to have goals to help us. We have to have goals to help us to complete that. You see, Paul said, "I press towards the prize of the mark of the high calling of God." See, Paul said, "Before the prize, there is a mark." Everybody say that with me. Before there is a prize, there is a mark. Paul said, "I press towards the mark of the prize." I press towards the mark of the prize. The prize is the vision. But we've got to have marks along the way to push us towards the vision, to keep us focused towards the vision. And what is our goals this year? Well, before we get to our goals, I want to remind you of some of the things that we did last year. Do you remember last year I gave you the map? 2019. I gave every one of you this on Vision Sunday, and then all throughout the year, every guest and vision, uh, visitor got one. And in this map, it stands for Ministry Action Plan. It has our mission, our vision, our goals. It has our leadership structure in here. It has the website in here. It has our discipleship process in here. It tells everything you need to know about Christ Point in this book. And so I've decided that every year, as long as I'm pastor, we'll have a new map. So this year, we've created 2020 map. So last year was a map, ministry action plan. 
this year we have one as well. And so in this book, it has our vision, has our dreams, has our goals, has our plans, has our discipleship process. It is all written out to the very best ability that we have. Now, why are we doing this? Because I told you a few moments ago, we are developing a church on purpose. We are being intentional even about everything that we write. We want to be very intentional about it and have purpose behind it. But let's review a little bit about what we did last year. Some of the goals, some of the goals that we had last year was this, and I'm going to read them to you, to implement and strengthen our next point discipleship process. Listen, I don't put these goals in here just to fill up a book. We really do work on them. Number two, to become more technology advanced, uh, to develop a second blended service, to execute a small group program, to implement a discipleship program for our children and our youth, to launch a development system to train our future preachers, to implement a Celebrate Recovery pro uh, program, to develop an after-school program for children in Galena, to plant a church and open a Christian academy. Now, this was called our future goals. So it doesn't mean that we completed all of them last year. It was just our future goals that whenever, um, whatever we worked on last year, uh, is actually uh, written in this book. And so I'm going to tell you some of the things that we did last year. Some of the things that we did last year is that we implemented a small group program and we implemented that in the fall and we had over, I think, nine to ten small groups uh, started and our discipleship pastor, Doug, Doug and Connie, they took attendance and we had over, with all the kids and the youth, kids, youth, and adults on Sunday night, in small groups, we had over 165 in our small group program on Sunday night. Can you say, can you say a big amen? So we implemented a small group program. Uh, we had to work out some kinks, but it's working. And so uh, we're starting our second semester uh, next next week. We start our next uh, 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 semester, which is uh, going to be very successful. We also started a discipleship program, and this doesn't mean that people are automatically followers of Jesus because they go through it. This is just a system that kind of help us. It doesn't mean that somebody goes through this and they're automatically fully formed into Jesus. It just listen. If if, if there's not an aim, there's going to be fruit. There's not there's there's going to be fruitless. We're we're not there's not going to be any fruit, and there's not going to be any success if we don't have a particular aim. And so our discipleship process last year was, uh, we, we called it a six-step process. And the first process was called turning point. And I don't know if they have the old process that they could put behind there. It was called turning point, intro point, growth point, group point, serve point, and go point. And I learned very quickly that that was a tongue twister and we probably needed to shave it down a little bit and everybody said Amen. So we shaved it down here at the end of the year, and our process is fourfold. Everybody say fourfold. And this is the fourfold process, if they could put it behind me. It is intro point, growth point, serve point, and go point. What is intro point? Intro point is the first step we want everybody to go through. If you're a visitor, if you're a guest, if you went to church for 30 years, if you want to serve in the church, if you want to be a member, if you want to be water baptized, if you want to get saved, and if you want to learn more about salvation, that is, that is the very first thing we want you to go to, is intro point. That's the very first thing, whether you're saved 
or you're not saved, whether you're a Christian, that's the very first thing. And in that class, we go over our mission, our dreams, our values. We go over our leadership structure. We go over water baptism. We go over salvation. That's the very first thing we want everybody to go through. So if you know a guest at Christ Point, and they're like, how do I get connected? You always send them to Intro Point, and it's the first Sunday of every month. And our very first one of this year is going to be next Sunday after church, and we're going to provide you a small lunch. And so uh, if you want to get connected, if you want to serve, if you want to become a member, if you want to be assimilated through this church, then that's the very first thing that you need to go through. It is intro point. What is growth point? Growth point is simple. It is classes and groups. Everybody shout classes and groups. Everybody shout classes and groups. So growth point is a semester of learning. Now you should be learning all year, but we divide it into two semesters, spring and fall. It's called growth point. Growth point has classes on Wednesday night, and small groups on Sunday night. So when you hear of Growth Point, we have it twice a year, spring, and we have it in the fall, and it's classes on Wednesday nights, and we have small groups on uh, every, uh, twice a month during the semester. That's very simple. That's what Growth Point is. Serve Point is we have opportunities for you to serve at Christ Point. So if you want to serve at Christ Point, what do I need to do? You go to intro point, and they tell you how to serve. And you fill out the appropriate forms, you meet the pastor, they go over the expectations, and you start serving, all right, in certain departments. Some may require an interview or an audition, but you need to go to intro point to start serving. What is go point? Go point is the feet. And be involved in missions, giving of missions. We have mission conventions. This past year, to complete our goals, we had a mission convention. We raised over $24,000 in missions for last year at the end of the year, and I do believe we've already brought in 10000 of that in the last couple months of 2019. Somebody say amen. So, and there's, there's opportunities for you to be involved on Go and Go Point, and all you have to do is go to, you go to the, on the line, on, on the, on, on the website, fill it out. They'll get a hold of you so you can be involved in our outreach events. So we did that last year, all right? So we, small groups, we implemented this system that we're working on. We started a second service at 9 o'clock in the morning. And let me tell you something. The reason that we did that was to give people an opportunity to have a different style of worship, number one. Number two, it gave people the opportunity that if they wanted to come to church earlier, and get out earlier, that gave them an opportunity. It also gave people the opportunity to attend a church service and serve a church service. And let me say this, that we put a lot of time and effort into the first service, and it went very good. As a matter of fact, all of us, the pastoral staff, uh, all of us would agree that it was more successful than we ever dreamed. We had a solid number coming every week. Uh, the worship was fantastic. People were participating. We had powerful church services. It was amazing. We did not do away with it because it wasn't working. It was, it was working. It was wonderful. But there were some things that we needed to continue to work out. And one of those things is, is that we still had church on Sunday night. And so the plan for people to serve at one service 
and go to one service really wasn't working and we couldn't get enough volunteers to sustain the 9 o'clock service. And that's the only reason we discontinued it. We didn't discontinue it because people wasn't liking it or people wasn't coming to it. It was a volunteer thing. And so we look back at the 9 o'clock service and we say it was a success. And I was glad that we did it. I was honored to do it. It was a wonderful experience. And we learned a lot of things and there are some things that we can work out. But that idea is not closed because I believe that as we progress and we grow in the future that there are other things that we can look at. But for now, we're sticking with the program that we have of having church at 10 o'clock Sunday morning. But it was a success. And I want to say this from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate all the ushers. I appreciate the greeters that served. I appreciate Pastor Stephanie and, and, and all the nursery workers that served. They did a wonderful job, Pastor Brandon, for serving both services. I also appreciate Chris Stalling. He, he was the worship leader of that service, and uh, he also put his whole heart into it. Uh, I know he would come to the church at 5 o'clock on Sunday morning. He'd practice all week and come at 5 o'clock uh, just because he was excited and, and put his whole heart into it. And, and we see that. That was a success. And Chris, we love you. That was awesome. We, we love you so much. So, awesome job. And so we look back and we say, it was a success, but as a church, listen to pastor, we're not afraid to try new things. Say that with me. We're not afraid to try new things, and we're not afraid to grow through it. So let's grow. Let's learn. Amen. We had our outreach events. They're, they're other goals we completed, and you can look at that in the book. Now, what about this year? I'm going to very quickly. This year, these are our goals. You say, Pastor, I'm not going to be able to remember all this. You don't need to remember it. It's all written out for you. I'm just going to quickly tell you the goals that we're going to focus on. Quickly, I'm going to read them to you. Some of you, uh, this is uh, maybe from last year, but we're going to uh, keep going in the right direction. If they could put my goals up there real quick. These are the goals for this year. We're going to continue to perfect our system. Enter a point, growth point, serve point, go point. There's some kinks that need to be worked out. For instance, we have people serving in the nursery, and, and then they serve somewhere else the same week. We have people overlapping in areas of service, and we don't want to wear people out. So we've got to work kinks out. It's not perfect. We've got to work those things out. Uh, a growth point, we need more small group leaders. We need some of you to serve. Not just come to church. We need people to serve, have a heart to help pastor people. So we need more small groups because our small groups that we have are packed out. So we need more small group leaders. So we need to continue to work on growth point. We need more teachers. And, of course, there's a process that you've got to go through in order for you to be a small group teacher or a teacher. We just don't put you in leadership, but there's a process that you've got to go through. And then also... Uh, Sir, there's go point. We, we need to be more intentional about the mission mandate. How can we be more trained in witnessing to our neighbors? I don't think that this church is trained that well. When was the last time that we won somebody to Jesus personally? So I think that there's a deficit there that we can be trained better on the mission mandate. So we, we need to perfect the system. Number two, we need to refine our church system and structures. That's what we're doing. 
We're voting on the bylaws. We're starting with the bylaws tonight. We're perfecting our systems and our structures. We maximize our technology in various contexts. There's things that we're working on the office. We just uh, integrated a text system where everybody can get a text message uh, if, if the weather is bad. And so we're upgrading uh, some of our, our uh, planning centers uh, that we have. Last year, we updated the children's area with check-in stations. Uh, we updated the check-in stations upstairs. Uh, there's technology upstairs for our kids. Uh, we borrowed money last year to do that, and so thank you so much. That's being put into work. Our new screens here that we got, our projectors were going out anyway, and they were going to cost us a lot of money, and so we went ahead and just put new screens in so that all the attention could be at one area and that we could use our technology to the best of our ability uh, in our worship services. And so our third, fourth area is to modernize our facilities. Um, some of that is just painting certain areas. Number five, implement a spiritual growth program for our members. Uh, I preach a lot about growing, but do we know how to grow? It, how do we grow as Christians? I mean, I preach about it, but how do we do it? Uh, number six, I believe that to implement a financial plan for excellent stewardship, um, you know, just updating our QuickBooks and, and doing certain areas there. Number seven, fulfill the mission's mandate. I just talked about that. Number eight, to increase our prayer meetings on Wednesday night, our attendance on Wednesday night. And number nine, to increase volunteer mobilization and to develop and empower the second tier of leadership. Because one of the things I realized in pastoring this church, you know, sometimes we think that all the responsibility lays upon just a certain people or certain leadership or the pastoral staff. And I really have been pressing the pastoral staff to go up another level in developing the second tier of leadership, that empowering those people to carry out more of the vision of the church, that we don't have to do everything. And so delegating and empowering the second tier of leadership. Now over here, one of the goals that I said was number five. Number five was to implement a spiritual growth program or plan for our members. And so this is one of the things that I've been working on. And so I've been working on number five. And so what I did was I developed a spiritual growth plan for you as a Christian. Now this is the first time that I did that. This is the first time in my pastoral ministry that I've ever done something like this, so uh, it's not perfect, uh, but I'm very proud of it uh, because we spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on this. And so this, when you open it up, it tells you what is a, what is a personal growth plan. It gives you a description of that and how to do that. And then these pages, it breaks down your life into uh, the main categories of your life. So what are the main categories of your life? Spiritual, emotional, relational, financial, physical, personal. Those are the areas of your life, and it gives you tools to how to grow. Then the back of the book, you see this? It has all these books that you can order on Amazon, it has all the apps that you need to grow. It has Bible reading app, memorization apps, all the books on marriage, books, devotional books, 
uh, theology books, books of the Old Testament, understanding the Old Testament, understanding the New Testament, uh, ancient Christian worship, understanding the early church, a marriage beyond my dreams, every man's battle, every woman's battle, financial books, communication books, all of that is in here. How many will take this book and use it this year to help you grow? I said, how many will take this book this year and say, Pastor, I'm going to make an intentional effort to grow in my life. So this book will help you out. Now, guess what? Everybody look at Pastor. I've decided every year I'm going to make one. So every year you can have a book to help you grow. And guess what? At the back of the book, there's a Bible reading plan. Maybe you don't have a smartphone. You say, Pastor, I don't got that whatchamacallit app. Well, guess what? There's a Bible reading plan in the back of this book that you can't get by with it, all right? So I want you to take this and I want you to read it. And give out map 20. So the map that I'm giving you is the ministry action plan. This tells everything about the church that you need to know. Statement of belief, the ministry organizational chart, everything that you can, it's all in there. The goals and dreams and uh, priorities that we have, go to page 11. Go page 11. It breaks down our 2020 goals and our long-term goals, all right?